In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, those of you who are regulars at this service know that we always begin with a little solstice report for you. And uh, you can take great comfort in the fact that it's positive. The sun has turned the corner and is now heading back along the path to the summer solstice. Isn't that good news? You bet that's good news. Where there ain't no sun, there ain't no life. We'd all be dead and gone and blown away because the sun makes things grow. Which brings me, and you already know this, but the reason that we are celebrating this morning is partially because of the solstice. That's also why Hanukkah is now, why Kwanzaa is now, and lots of other festivals all around the world seem to cluster and hover right in this end of December. Did you notice that? It's because of the solstice. Now, one other little thing I should bring to your attention. In our gospel, where were the shepherds? Out in the fields. It says, right? Now, if you were hiring shepherds, which I'm sure were expensive, would you send them out into the fields in the middle of winter? No, you wouldn't, because there's no reason for them to be out there. The sheep would have been brought in closer to village or closer to home, but they would not be wandering around in the fields. However, in the springtime, you do put them out in the fields because A, there is grass, and B, the ewes are giving birth to new little lambs. And so having hired hands on hand who know what they're doing, shepherds, is a very helpful, good thing that you, the landowner, are willing to spend money for. So chances are, that Jesus was actually born in the springtime, not in the middle of winter. But that's okay, it doesn't matter. The fact is that the birth took place. But what I'd like to do is home in on those shepherds for a moment. Because the shepherds are really you and I. The shepherds are us. The shepherds were not theologians. They were not people who jumped out of bed every morning and uh, read a couple of scrolls of prophets to start the day. They might have known the name of some of them, Micah, Hosea, Amos, Isaiah 1 and 2, <laughs> Jeremiah. They might have known some of those names, but they didn't know, they couldn't read. They didn't know the richness of what those people were trying to tell us. They were like us. Hey, did you see the news last night? Uh, yeah. What did, uh, what did the newscaster tell us about... See, I'm not homing in on a channel here. What did the newscaster tell us is going on in the world? And so you'd repeat your version of what you heard. And that's what the shepherds were doing. 
But something happened out there. Something caught their attention. And the heavenly host and the angel of the Lord showed up. And that was their story, and they stuck to it. And they went into Bethlehem, which wasn't far away, probably. Notice, went into Bethlehem, leaving the flock behind. They must have left somebody in, in charge. And then gone down and found what they were told to look for. Now notice, before we leave the shepherds altogether, notice what the angel of the Lord said to them. And this, this kind of caught my attention because it was a different translation than what we grew up with. You know, when, when I was a youth, centuries ago, it was... Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men of good will. Remember that? Remember that, ladies? You were excluded from this. Remember that? But now it doesn't say that. That's not what you heard this morning. What you heard this morning was glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Which kind of hit me because that was rather like what the Pope said this last week. And the Pope said last week, you know, Christians take everything far too seriously because the church has made too many mistakes over the years. You know, people of good heart and people who behave well and people who have a good moral compass, uh, they're certainly acceptable into into the kingdom of heaven. That certainly gobsmacked a lot of people around the world to hear him say that. But who are those whom God favors? Well, it's us if we straighten up and fly right. That's who it is. It's anybody on the planet who straightens up and flies right, who has a moral compass. You see, one of the things that this gospel highlights is the coming of a Messiah, the coming of the new world. A coming, this is a big deal all the way through the Old Testament uh, as you get sort of beyond the early stages of this where the world came from, etc. You get into the yearnings of a people who've been pretty badly beat up by every kingdom that went by, Egypt and Babylon and Assyria and Persia and everybody, oh, let's go down and beat up Israel. And everybody kind of did that. And so they nurtured, in Israel, they nurtured this view of, yeah, but our guy's going to come. Our guy's going to lead us. Our guy's going to make it so you won't come down here and do this to us. And there was a new Adam, and a new Abraham, and a new Moses, and so on. A new David, a new Solomon. It was a new deal. And new life began now with the coming of the Messiah. With the coming of the Messiah, the Old Testament, which means contract, the old contract between man and God changed. There was a new law, a new covenant, a new testament between man and God. And it was literally based on two things, love and service based on love and service. You see, that was the fulfillment of what the prophets were saying. 
History is justified. History is made right at last. So, how do you and I, 2,000 years after all of this going on back there outside Bethlehem, how do you and I live in this new messianic age? Well, one of the things we do is we learn to receive with grace and love. There's a great emphasis on giving, but there's also learning to receive as well. Learning to say thank you. Learning to accept that someone else is giving you a gift. It's learning how to give, but also how to receive love. A lot of us are anxious to give other people love because then they will like us. Then they will favor us. But we don't know the other side of the equation. When they're loving us, how, how do we receive that? How do we understand the depth of that? How do we celebrate that? How do we nourish that? How do we serve others? A lot of us have figured out the trick that if I'm serving you, I might be controlling you. How do you serve people in grace, in love, in peace, in caring? How do, you, how do you be a good steward of the gifts that you get? It's like getting a wonderful new toy on Christmas and breaking it 10 minutes later. Are we doing that to the earth? Hmm? I mean, we have to be stewards of the gifts that we have in creation. The gifts that we get as part of the created order and being creatures ourselves. We need to learn to honor the relationships of which we are a part here on earth. That's part of living in the messianic age, is to honoring those relationships. Being a good mother or father or daughter or son or aunt or uncle or cousin or whatever. Learning how to do that learning how to honor those relationships. As we say often in the Eucharist service, which you've all heard many times, walk in love as Christ loves us. So we're going to leave you with two rules today. Two things I want you to do. Are you open to this? Can you handle two? Okay, the first one is have a Merry Christmas. The second one is harder. Have a happy new year. <laughs> Amen.